You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about Dario Agenta's 1977 Italian giallo film, Suspiria. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Tonight, Mr. Jeremy Benson. Howdy. And Mr. Jared Callen. We got witches, bitches. <laughs> sorry. We do have witches here. We yes. haven't gotten to the spoilers. Oh, I'm sorry. Yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> God. Well, yeah, I guess, okay. Well, yeah, spoiler warning. Uh, yeah, and we're talking about Dario Agenta's uh, Suspiria. Uh, awesome thing here. Uh, we're covering this movie because a print was uncovered, and they're doing a 4K restoration. And we got to see the... Um, the uncut Italian film print. Uh, it was an original film print. It was very filmy. <laughs> I haven't seen a film pro- uh, projection in a long time. And uh, it was dirty. And it was discolored. And it was sexy. Yeah, it, it, was, it, it was a little brown. Yeah. <laughs> Even the sound was a little off. But it just kind of like really let, made you feel like you were watching something special. Especially in an old theater with uh, people laughing at really weird things. I don't know. It was a cool experience. People do laugh at weird things in horror movies. I think you had to disassociate yourself with, uh, with the horror aspect, and so therefore you know, a lot of people turn to humor. And I, I do laugh at a bunch of stupid ass shit too. Especially. Yeah, yeah, I do the uncomfortable laugh. And yeah, okay, so Jalo uh, films. What does that mean exactly? Uh, an Italian Jalo film is it's pretty much just a slasher murder mystery, with usually with a lot of gore. The who done it is played up in the plot, but and they're, and they're called Jalo just means yellow in Italian, and they're called that for the paperback. Um, novels that used to like the little crime fiction they used to sell right. had yellow covers so that's where it got its pulp. name from yeah okay so pulp. it's it's the it's the italian version of a pulp uh and dario agento is kind of the the forerunner of of this genre well he's apparently not, he's the quintessential italian horror film guy him and bravo yeah ba- baba is baba, really bravo how you say it yeah what mario did he do? mario baba mario what did mario, mario what did mario do no, Bob is kind of like the grandfather of this entire genre. Interesting. But uh, Dario Agenta is kind of like, I guess Bob is like the Alfred Hitchcock, whereas Dario Agenta is like the John Carpenter, if that makes sense. Where he, He's the more commercially successful. Yeah. more I guess more, more well-known well, yeah. for a modern audience. Because I've actually heard of him. This, this being the only film of his that I've seen, and which is really neat to be able to actually see a uh, original print. Yeah, so... I, I've heard a lot about him. I think I'll uh, be digging into more. And he actually seems like a really cool character. If you look up his interviews and stuff, he's kind of like creepily staring into the lens or just kind of... He's he's living this lifestyle. He, he's not just making these movies. He actually is a weird motherfucker. Yeah, he's got very like a, a, a goth uh, punk rock like hairdo where it's all black and kind of like combed down to his face. It's, it, it's, it's like he's like a... Uh, he's, he's a prince from, you know, you know how the... the <laughs> if, if you watch Shrek, how the prince's hair is, it's all st- straight down in the front. He's 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 rocking that hair, and even when he's lost his hair, like he is now, it's all still like combed forward, straight. Did you ever see his Dracula? Uh, Dracula. Yeah. Well, no, not really. I only saw pieces of it. I kind of fell asleep. Is it, it called Dracula? Yeah. Yeah. 
Dracula 3D, no less. What? <laughs> yeah. When did this come out? I haven't seen it. Oh, a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, it's a recent thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, I gotta check it out. Maybe, Howard's maybe it's like last, his last movie, isn't it? Rutger Howard. I don't know. I mean, he may have done one since then. I, man, I, I really, to be honest, like after opera, I've, I've maybe seen like one or two Dario Agenda movies after opera. So where does Suspiria fall? Is, had he been making films for a while and then this is kind of like his opus? And In then, 1977. Yeah. That's when he made it. Well, I know that, but what I'm saying is, did he have a lot of films before that? Yeah, yeah. He was, he was, he'd gotten famous for uh, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. That was his real big break. Um, some, some critic at the time compared it to Hitchcock, and it, it kind of blew up and kind of started his career. Interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see where he's gone from here. I'll uh, totally check out the, the Dracula, especially since it's a newer film. I wonder if he stayed in the kind of like low budgy kind of yeah. like feel. Really? I haven't, I haven't seen the Dracula movie, but I've heard some people say they love it and some hated it. So That's with every film. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, he just kind of lost a little bit of his style because, you know, I mean, when you watch Suspiria, it's... It's not lip or it's trying to be realistic or anything like that. That's what's really cool about it. Most film, most horror films try to be dark, and they try to yeah. you know be uh, stark. This is actually like brilliantly lit with color, lots of reds and blues and greens, and you know just like unrealistically stylized. It, it feels like a stage play because anytime it gets dark, there's like a lot of red. Like if it's supposed to be dark, in like nighttime, it uses a shit ton of red. What do you guys think about that? You, you guys fans of that style? or I think it has its place. It makes it feel more fantasy. So this is like yeah. more fantasy horror instead of like being more traditional horror. There's like certain images, and I can't remember even like what movie it's from. I know it's one of his because it was like doing an Argenta day at my house one time. And, you know, like the, the shot of like the knife coming up in the air and the red light behind it and blue light coming this way and... Very stylistic. Yeah. I like when he <laughs> he gets a little later in his career and he, he starts doing like knife POV shots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where like, it's like the camera's like on the end of the knife puncturing people and um Opera's got some really great gags. Like, oh dude, Opera's got takes this like opera singer and makes her watch this killer does this these horrible, torturous things he's doing to her friends and he, to keep her eyes open, he tapes these yeah. fucking nails oh god right under her eyes and they're pointing up and every time she like starts to blink cuz she wants to look away her eyes start bleeding and oh it's wow. ugh, it's terrible man it's heinous it's very brutal like if you think about uh watching something like um the exorcist uh everything kind of happens quickly and it's kind of a um I don't know. It just doesn't seem as brutal because in this film, there's a scene where like this this like thing busts through a window and grabs this girl and slams her head into the window and it pushes so hard, like like the shot just lingers and it like it ends up like pushing on her face so hard she slams through the glass. That's so fucking brutal that <laughs> it just you're just like oh my god, like that he he pushed on her so hard he pushed through the fucking glass. <laughs> How much do you think like movies like Friday the Thirteenth are pulling from these Italian horror films. Oh, Friday the 13th is pulling quite a lot. Well, I mean, it's straight, like, ripped off from... I can't remember the name of uh, it. Twist of the Death Yeah, Nerd. Death Nerd, yeah. Yeah, or Bay of Blood, I think, is what it's known now as on DVD. But even in those, if you think about, like, when the machete comes in and it does a quick, and they cut away. You know, they, they're not really, like, living on the moment. I don't know, there's, like, the, the shot of the arrow coming up and pushing through the It neck pushes through and, and then it twists, you know, you get the... Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, like, you get, like, a lot of, like, oh, here's the knife, it's coming down, and then you cut to, oh, I got the cleaver in my head, and, yeah. Which is kind of like the glass uh, in, in one of the opening scenes, uh, these, uh, this girl falls through the, uh, the ceiling, and then it cuts out, it just, like, kind of cuts to the aftermath, and there's a woman lying there with a giant shard of glass, like, through her head. Oh, the, man, the, the beginning of the movie, uh, I, I am a huge fan of how the, the film starts off. I think when I saw this at the time, I, th- I saw it in around 2002 when the 25th anniversary came out. And I, I remember seeing that the first 10 minutes of this movie, it was still shocking. I don't know. Arguably best 10 minutes opener. I don't know, man. It's pretty good. Maybe not the best, but I'd put it up there. As far as a horror film? Yeah, as far as horror They, they do go. set it up and make you very uncomfortable, especially with the storm, with her going out. She's like trying to get a, a hail a taxi and she's having to to deal with all this, you know, weather and dealing with their own bags and completely, and then they cut in on the, you know, the overflowing waters just to kind of make you feel very uncomfortable before things actually unfold, and, and then we get our first deaths. 
Dude, I, I love those close-ups. Uh, he, do, he does a lot of these weird, like, close-ups throughout the movie. Like, even when she's, like, um, even before the waterfall, like, when she's getting out of the uh, airport and the doors right. open up, there's a weird, like, close-up of the door mechanism. Like, Oh, I, you're right. Yeah, it just kind of, like, cuts in on that. It's just yeah. kind of... It's this odd thing that sets the scene. There's there's a uh, British... And the music cuts in and out here, too? Oh, the, uh, well, let's get to the music. But I was like, there, there's a British TV series called Broadchurch that does that. In between scenes, they'll cut to something random in the scene. They kind of just set the tone. It's, oh, okay. it's phenomenal. It kind of does that. It kind of it, it sets it makes you uneasy because you're like, oh, you, you're having to study something that's kind of awkward in the scene. So it puts you in that mindset. Now we'll say that the besides the really interesting lighting, the thing that shines the most for this film is the fucking music. Like it's it's so freaking cool. There's just like it's this weird drum sound, you know, and uh, it, it's kind of a Gregorian-y, chanty kind of weirdy kind of yeah. stuff going on. The, the the music is like really amazing in this. The goblins, right? yeah. Apparently, Argenta wrote the score with with them. Yeah, and, it, uh, and actually before the movie, before they shot the film. Really? It's, it's yeah. guitar heavy. It's got this weird guitar riffy, but it's not like it's not like when you think punk music is fast. It's kind of like punk guitar riffs slowed down a little bit. It's in like it's just kind of okay. I see what you it, mean. It's you know because the guitar, there's actually guitar in in these scores, which is very odd because normally you just get a uh, orchestral theme, but there's this weird drum thing and these guitar riffs that really push everything. It's it's really really cool. And a weird woman just moaning. Just yeah, yeah, that, that weird, yeah, really weird, like, sounds. and Yeah, dude, it, it's worth what watching just for the uh, for the score alone. Now, Suspiria is definitely uh, an assault on your on all your senses, uh, audio and visually, anyway, for sure. Right. I think it lacks in the in the story side, just a little personally, but but everything else is pretty much there. But but honestly, but when you when it's kind of like when you look back on something that's that's thirty some odd years old. How how long ago was that, guys? Is it forty? Uh, yeah, it's forty. Yeah, it's coming up on forty. Yeah, it's forty. Yeah, years. it is forty. Yeah, it, it's forty years old. I, I, I keep I, was, I keep having discussions uh, this week about this film. So it, it came out. We, we've already had things like The Exorcist. We've had Star Wars. We've had you know. So so at the time, was this a low budget film? Or was this something? Because I noticed they had sets, they had like you know. Form. I don't. I mean, I, that's a really complicated <laughs> question to answer because it's it's Italy. And I, mean, I don't even know in what the, the United States. Is. Yeah, it would have been low budget. But because <laughs> I'm comparing it to other films around the time, and I was like, wow, I think this film could have been so much better as far as like what 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 it had going on. But when you compare it to other films, but uh, being an art film, low budget art film, I totally see it at the time being like, holy shit, this is this is crazy. We've never seen anything like this before. No, I don't. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Just, you know, Italian budget, budget is not not going to be as it's not going to be as high as a Hollywood budget. Okay. So, like, I mean, because they have quite a quite a bunch of effects that they pull off. School falls apart at the end. Yeah, you know, and they're blowing windows out and ripping things off walls, and they have a couple like uh, there's an optical effect at the end with the main villain, and I mean, there there are little things where you can see that they've they've spent some money, but. Yeah, and their, their zombie is, is very effective. Like, holy shit! It, it's you totally. I, I get it. Even today, you're like you're very. It's very suspenseful. You're like holy shit. So that that totally stands up. Agreed. I'm just talking about most of my things are things are with the story, um, and you know, kind of how. I don't know. It just seems like things happen, but like there are some really great scares in it. She falls into a giant slinky at one point that is just like <laughs> it actually got me in the theater. It's like, oh goodness, there's no barbs on this barbed wire, but. Holy shit, I totally get it, you know. There are some story, there's definitely some story elements that don't make a lot of sense and some things are just sloppily put together where it's like, oh, here we're going to have exposition where we have a character just tell you exactly all this information that is, they, they magically know for the character. Right. To move the story along, but I don't know, man. It's This film, to me, it feels more like an experience and a journey than it is, like, it's not cerebral. You right. know what I mean? It's all yeah. about the feeling of it and... The, the, the plot it's it's a little hard to follow sometimes like especially i don't know did you have a hard time following it first few i years? did but also I, I was reading it so i was having to kind of like and i'm i was also trying to like how often am i going to be able to see this version of this film so i was really that trying to like look at the image which i you know and of course the subtitles are at the bottom so i'm trying to like read the subtitles as quickly as possible and then start scanning the image and see what's going on in it 
Um, so yeah, I was, I was having a little bit of trouble following, but then I just started asking myself these questions. I was like, with how crazily this is lit, like, <laughs> like there, there's like there's this scene where, um, yeah. the, uh, these, um, these, I guess they were uh, maggots or some, some type of like wormy things had like, yeah, infested. I think they were supposed to be maggots. But so maggots, like had, maggots infest the, the entire dormitory area. So they have to move all the kids out into the into the the dance area was basically like at the gym so they move all the kids out into the gym and they, and they hang up these these sheets to separate them the girls from the boys but there's this fucking weird red light everybody's supposed to be sleeping under i mean like holy fucking shit if i was like <laughs> i'm like where is this red light coming from like <laughs> i would not be able to sleep man it's like all these weird like um, well, what's weird in that scene too or you're, you're talking about the the directress um, the mother of size, the witch. She oh yeah, so the, so we learn about the, this this witch or whatever, and you're hearing this like breathing, and and it's just like, oh my god, but, we're in this red room, and this breathing is but, happening. But they have a line in there where they 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 can't even see, they don't even notice the silhouette. Right. Yeah. You know, like that's behind them. But it's 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 just so bright it's just as it is in this viewer. room right now. Everything <laughs> everything's red. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. It's it is bizarre. The characters are definitely not seeing what the camera is seeing, what the audience is seeing. Right. Scene, so, which is like the, that's the Alfred Hitchcock suspense thing, right? You got to show us and then like, let the audience be in on it. And then, you know, it, it, it comes to fruition later for the characters. Like, so we're ahead of them knowing what happens. Do you know what, uh, Suspiria, Suspiria made in its box office? No, I would, I'd love to know. <laughs> 1.8 million us. 1.8 million us. I have, yeah, I have, I have no reference for that. It's definitely, <gasps> Nowhere uh, close to the Exorcist numbers. So right, one point eight million dollars is seven million five hundred and fifty four thousand four hundred and thirty dollars. So that's what they made. How much? Seven million five hundred and fifty four thousand dollars. Today's dollars. So they, they they had a seven and a half million dollar U.S. So I wonder what their budget was. I'm guessing under probably under a million. I think they did pretty damn well. That's pretty. I that's no pretty impressive. Italian budgets were nineteen seventy seven. I'm I'm sure it did good, but you know I I as a horror fan though I didn't know about this movie though until it's twentieth it's twenty fifth anniversary right it's whenever that DVD came out and that's the first time I saw it, it was like in two thousand two and Entertainment Weekly did this huge article on it's like this is the scariest movie you've ever seen or you've never seen or something like that right it, this is one that kind of slipped I feel like it got it slipped under the radar for a, a little bit and then. There was a resurgence that kind of happened. Maybe Entertainment Weekly led the way there. Maybe. Um, I didn't want to bring up, because this is kind of cool, that the main actress, Jessica Harper, that plays the Susie character, she's English, and there's a couple other English actors, but almost everybody else is Italian right. or German. While shooting the movie, apparently everybody just spoke their own language. How the fuck is, yeah. does that work? Is that just, it sounds like chaos to me. How do you even know if, if things are working? You trust the director, I guess. And here's yeah. this is interesting. So I was doing a little research on this, and uh, Dario actually Dario Dario, he he makes uh, two Mr. Argento Mr. Argento make, makes uh, two cameos in the film. Uh, one at the beginning in the taxi scene, you can see a uh, reflection of him in the in the in there making the the face that's on the cover of the of the film. So he's got his mouth open like that. He's kind of making that face in the reflection, and then uh, the scene where she's talking to the professor about witches. And it cuts to a uh, reflection of him. And in this reflection, which I didn't notice the first time, I just watched it on Brian's gorgeous uh, giant TV in there a minute ago. You can see him. He's not even paying attention to the shot. He's kind of just like talking and like turning his head and just kind of bullshitting while, while the action's going on. <laughs> he's like, you know, yeah, they're, just, they're doing their thing. <laughs> they fucking got it, man. So I don't know. I don't know. Like, like she's speaking English. He's talking Italian. No one knows what the fuck they're saying to each other. We got it. We're moving on. We're going to dub it all later anyway. <laughs> that's apparently that's what Brian as said. As long as her lips are moving and his lips are moving, we'll put some language Did over Did you get it. the camera? Did you get the move? Yeah, Good, move on. They didn't record sound for a lot of it. That's what Brian was saying. He said he found out they didn't record sound. They, yeah. It's like the whole film's ADR. Yeah. yeah. That's ridiculous. Well, that, that Jessica uh, Harper, she had this great little quote in this, uh, in this interview where she was talking like, oh yeah, he would play... Because they were talking about the music, they'd play. He'd play the music for the goblins to get them all in the mood and everything. She's like, "Yeah, but we didn't record sound, so you know he could do that. But sometimes when we were doing like a conversation scene, they would record the dialogue, but there'd still be guys over in the next set constructing stuff. <laughs> That's <laughs> so they're crazy. Rec- recording like, you, can you imagine that? Like that would never fly in America. Like, like recording dialogues and then grips and carpenters in the next room are like." Bleh! 
Yeah, yeah. with there with the hammers and shit. I just did a film down in Florida where the guy I had to get in an Let's argument see. with the director over like just quit talking over the takes because like you imagine the cost in going back in and doing ADR for your whole film. You're not shooting open water here. I mean, what the fuck, man? You don't have that budget. I mean, like really. Yeah. Gonna like had to ADR your entire film. I cannot imagine even back then, like going back and having to completely ADR the film. Uh, That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I can see the faces in the room. You guys have had to deal with some really bad ADR, so I understand. Oh, not me. I don't. I don't deal with that. That's that's not my area. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to do with that. Poor sons of bitches to do. It's not fun. <laughs> no, man, it's not. Oh, that looks. No, I mean, if you get an actor tedious. that. I don't know that just has that kind of that's prone to do it, right? You know, it then it's pretty easy, but man, some some people just can't. There's also something about performance, and I really think that the performance on set is what we need to be capturing. So that that's where they're being genuine and in the moment, and the actors like nervous, and you know what I mean. So they put themselves in the moment. So we need to capture what's happening there. I understand if you're on the beach and you're Matthew McConaughey and you got your shirt off and and you got to have your talk, you know. Uh, you know, all that's happening. So I understand we, we, can't, we can't record the waves in you. So that's when the time we're going to ADR. But everything else, we really need to capture that moment. And it's, Otherwise, you're just wasting fucking money, man. God damn, spending so much money on ADR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean. <laughs> Sorry, that's say, my ADR speech. You know, I was going to say, like, uh, Jessica uh, Harper, she actually did her. Her ADR stuff. Uh, yeah, I, was, I asked you. I was watching. Is like, is this her voice? Yeah, it doesn't sound that bad though. No, it's it it. it that, I will say they did a good job. It yeah. was definitely. Uh, it, it felt like it was part of the scene. Mm. I don't, that's how I first saw it. That's how I've lived with it. Like seeing it well, I mean, this I weekend think, was the first time I've seen it. In a, I Italian. think you'd be surprised when it, how much movie in a movie is ADR and just even like big movies and stuff. Right. Oh yeah, big movies. Yeah. For um. Sure. When it's done right, you don't notice it. Every now and then when they try to fix a scene, I watched I was watching Dead Poet Society last night and somebody and and there was a scene where they they, you could tell they they fixed a part of a scene with with ADR. The mouth didn't really match up, but it it made more sense with what was going on. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but there's some Matt Damon line. The line he is saying is nowhere close to what his mouth is doing. A lot of films think they can get away with that in wide shots, people walking. This is like, you know, mid close up <laughs> and I'd never noticed it I'd seen the movie a hundred times and just so happened we were in ADR and right. you're kind of in that mindset and I was watching the movie and I was like that is nowhere close to what he just said right. do you like bananas? Mm. guys I don't, I don't know how I'm feeling about that fruit choice <laughs> <laughs> can we switch that out? But actually <laughs> I, had, I had that feeling in, in, in the film print that we were watching I was thinking that maybe because the film print was so old that the, the dialogue wasn't syncing up in places but it was weird it would like end by the end of the sentence, it would be in sync. So, but I think that's because they were dubbing yeah. Italian over English or Italian over fucking whatever the hell Latin or whatever somebody's speaking back then. They speak the dead language. Yes, they do. Yeah, apparently, just there was all kinds of nationalities on set, and they just all spoke their own. Just say however you yeah. want. They went through seven script supervisors because they end up fucking hanging themselves. They're like, I can't deal with this shit. I can't fucking deal with this shit. Who said what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but her mouth was moving. I think we're okay. Oh my goodness. We're going to take a break. We're going to play the trailer for Suspiria, and we'll be back. Roses are red, violets are blue, but the iris is the flower that will mean the end of it. Suspiria. You can run from Suspiria. From Suspiria. Suspiria. But you cannot escape. Suspiria. The only thing more terrifying than the last 12 minutes of Suspiria. Are the first ninety-two? And we're back. That was a trailer for Suspiria. Um, a very interesting trailer for Suspiria. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend watching it. Yeah, I don't know what a skeleton head has to do with it because it's not in the film at all. <laughs> it's not in the fucking film at all, or that poem. But I guess they mentioned irises, so you know. Hey, there you go. Th- that's the big thing. But you can run from Suspiria. 
Hey, Brian, what the fuck does Suspiria even mean? Like, uh, I've been trying to, like, rack my brain with this. What, what does it mean? Isn't it, like, something breathe or something? Yeah, it's just breathing. Uh, or, or breathe, yeah. It's like Latin for bre- breathing. Exactly. Oh, yes. man. Which uh, makes sense. I can't because... Suspiria. I can't Suspiria right now. Oh, God. Oh, God. Suspiria. The, the witch, the queen witch is, or the black queen, whatever she's called in the movie, she's the mother of size. Because this is uh, the first part of a, a trilogy. Which the second one's Inferno, and then and, and okay, so my, I, have, I have a question about that. So, uh, do each of them have to deal with the same witch? No, each one's a different witch. So there are these three witches, and I forget what they are. It's like uh, the Mother of Size, Mother of Darkness. Um, what's the third movie called? Mother of Tears. It, I think it's Mother of Tears, uh, and that's. I'll take your word for it. Are, are there any? Do the any daughter. characters like coexist in each? Like, they, did they bring back? Like, you know how in Friday the 13th we got Nancy. Not Nancy between Suspiria and... Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, dude. Yeah, I told you I'm drunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> not not, not for Suspiria and Inferno. I don't know about Mother of Tears. I've only seen... Again, I've only seen half of it. I have not seen the whole film, so... My, my biggest qualm with the whole film was when she finally finds the path down to where the witches are having, like, a, a meeting. And they eat, like, a Mars bar. Like, like uh, they bring this like Mars bar over to the to the main witch who's sitting down, and she oh, takes it's a cup, right? No, 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 no. She takes a bite out of a Mars bar first. <laughs> I thought and, they brought her a and cup, and then first. they bring her a cup <laughs> to, okay. to wash the Mars bar down. <laughs> and then she's like, "Is the American bitch still around? We need to kill her." And she's like, "Oh fuck, they're about to kill me." So they send fucking uh, Lurch out. To like find her, the the giant dude, right? Am I wrong? No, no, because no, Pablo's still in the room. Wh- whoever they like send out to kill these witches, it's like some kind of manifestation because you see its arm and it's like super hairy right. and it's got like weird nails and. So, anyways, the, the, the chick turns yeah. to run and she finds this this like chamber, right? That she goes into. Yeah. And then she sees the silhouette of this person, mm-hmm. and then when she goes over, it, it's not there. Right. right. My biggest thing is, is when she sees that silhouette, that silhouette thing realizes who she is. And she's like, oh, I am this witch that you've heard of earlier. Like, just totally tell me who you are. Like, I, I just thought that was like, oh, by the way, this is who this is. This is what's about to happen. So I thought that was a little, that was a little forced, a little like kind of like, let's wrap this up. No, oh, no come on. Man. The whole, <laughs> I mean, it's not well, just I, that part, though. The whole movie is like, hey, look, we're, we're done here. Right. We're, move, we're out. We're out. We're done. I'm saying that was my, um, that was my only qualm with the film was that it was just kind of like, wait, who's the silhouette? Oh, by the way, this is that witch we heard about earlier. I think we could have done a little better there, Dario. It's a little anticlimactic, but. That's what I'm saying, yeah. I think, like, I think it's more about the, the journey there of figuring out what's going on. Right. And then once you figure it out, it's like. Well, okay, we know now, so end it. <laughs> right. But I will say that the, the arrow to the neck type thing is pretty badass. What? How, how she kills the main witch. She's like stabs. Oh. The, what, what was it? What's she kill her with? Uh, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like a, a little pointy. It's like I, some I kind of needle. Like arrow or? Type thing. Yeah, like jams it through the neck. That's that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty badass. I guess We haven't even said, I guess, said what the movie about, but it's uh, Jessica Harper. said what it was about like in the opening sentence. Witches. It's about witches. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> witches, <okay>. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> we got this, witches, our bitches. main character Susie goes to a dance school, uh, ballet school, and it turns out that it is yes run by witches. And a, and a, a girl finds out in the beginning scene of the movie and says like she overhears secret. it's a secret, yeah. but it has to do with the iris. It's the most like what <laughs> she heard. Yeah, she overhears those two words, and like that one incident sets like a a plot in motion of witch killings, right? In my opinion, if you start like really nitpicking the plot, there's a couple of moments where you're like, "Are you going to ask any questions, or are you just going to go along with everything?" Like you're being drugged every night. That's the biggest thing. Is like, I, I look, look, I've been eating this food, and for some reason, after I eat this food and drink this wine, which they're allowing me to have, by the way, nobody else gets wine. No, they're forcing. Yeah, me no, no. Oh, to look, have. by the way, you got to drink this magnum of wine tonight. <laughs> you know, it's a giant fucking glass. You imagine, like, how old is this girl supposed to be? She's supposed to be, you know, 18, 19. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's yeah. in her teens. They, they hand her, like, a fucking 16 ounce pour Younger. of, like, a whole pint glass of fucking, like, red wine. And, like, drink this shit. And it's, like, thick, like, scissor up. According to the trivia, it's. Uh, I got a big laugh. None of them can be older than 20. Originally, he wanted the school to be like 12 year olds, right. cut off at 12. And his father, the producer, argued with him, and they they eventually agreed on 20. Then nobody at the school will be older than 20. Yeah, well, I mean, he kept a lot of those little fairy tale. <coughs> 
uh, touches in the film, like the the doorknobs are a little higher to make them look like they're reaching up to kind of put them in that in that frame of like, yes, they're little children still. And I didn't really notice it until I read that piece of trivia, though. Right. <laughs> it's a subconscious thing. You know? It is. But, you know, it goes with that fa- fairy tale theme. Like even the very beginning, you get that weird little piece of VO or even in the Italian one. They even had it there where you have like the the subtitles during the credits. Right. Where somebody's talking and it's just like, oh yeah, this chick's going to a ballet school and it gives it kind of like a, I don't know, once upon a time feel or right. I don't know what that word is. But, but, but as be, being an American, tale start. being American watching a foreign film, it kind of makes you think that's the way things are over there. Like the doorknobs. If you think about watching Lord of the Rings and how the doorknobs are in the middle of the door. Oh, I even if you watch oh, any British okay. thing, the doorknobs are in the middle. So it's like, but it's lower, right? So yeah, I, that's I think true. it's really weird that it kind of makes it feel more fantasy because like we think about you know how how a doorknob is done or even what the, what you think of like a bathroom looks like it looks completely different in foreign films because we don't have the same thing here i they they did show a close up of the uh of a drain being drained at one point and i remember uh, remarking how the uh, the uh the water was going clockwise like ours does i was like oh you know it does happen like that over there so even my brain i'm still thinking of like <laughs> separating myself from a foreign film like oh look look how things are done over there look look how I things thought that are done was hilarious there. she's trying to Get rid of the wine that's poison, and she yeah. pours it in the sink. And <laughs> it's like, like instead of cleaning it, she just kind of does this. She's like, "Oh fuck it!" <laughs> it, it like coats the entire sink. Like it's like you know, like she poured a whole thing I'm of rubber tusk down there. I'm not even gonna like bother wiping it. <laughs> She's like, "Hmm, this wine sure is thick." <laughs> I can't, I can't believe that got such a huge reaction. That was like one of the biggest moments of our uh, uh, any crowd reaction there, <laughs> screening. We went. We went to Nashville and watched this film at the Bell Court, which is a remodeled old school th- uh, theater. Yeah, from the twenties. And uh, they they, th- they show a lot of really uh, neat films. Uh, but anyways, uh, there was a guy that sat to our right who uh, thought so many things were funny, and and like even like he, he would read the dialogue and be like, <laughs> yeah. Uh. I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> like, how many times have you seen this movie? Like, this is totally like, oh yes, 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 of course, yes. You know, the caretaker guy that's right. delivering all the food. The first time he shows up and, like, the instructor is like, oh, yeah, this is our idiot guy. Look how ugly he is. Talk like, no shit, right? he, can't, he can't hear you. And he's just like, fuck you. He's like, fuck you, bro. I, I, I'm glad that that got a nice, healthy laugh. That was, that was nice. You we, know, I think my favorite sequence is the dog. I, I like that sequence. It's the only time that they have, like, a... I guess, it's, is that supposed to be a witch? On, like, on a broom POV shot? Because there's like when he's out, point. In the, well, when the, he's out in the, the field, the gargoyle thing was there, and then it's not there. Right? Oh, you, yeah, oh, does okay. it disappear? Yeah. Oh wow! I've never at the top that. of it. There's something riding the gargoyle, like a like a person or whatever, and like an angel looking thing, and it disappears. But I will say that in the wide wow, shot, wow, I've totally never noticed that. I'm always distracted by the shadows because I always thought, you know, in the, in the next shot, there's like right. a, there's a wide shot, and there's some shadows that go across the wall. I always thought those was like, oh, look, it, there's a witches on broomsticks. So, so basically the gargoyle Never thing like paid attention to jumps down and attack or like, you know, makes the things attack him or whatever. The dogs, uh, the dog. Huh. I gotta well, go it's back a, it's a blind again. guy and he's got a seeing eye dog, which is, you know, tra- uber trained to be well behaved. And he bit the little nephew boy earlier. Out of nowhere, the dog just jumps up and bites his owner's throat out. Yeah, that's a good scene. man. That's pretty gnarly. When that dog starts eating like whatever delicious steak they have, oh, it, and it, it pulls just the meat in the frame. Yeah, <laughs> that was super badass. That is, that's a great, great. See, see, that's what's neat about watching with a with a crowd because you know all of us are like cynical, jaded bastards, and we've seen everything that happens, so we don't get that natural reaction. But hearing other people in the theater go, "Oh God," you're like, "Oh yeah, that is badass, isn't it?" Well, see, this, <laughs> and that's an interesting crowd too because yeah, I, like I don't, I don't think we were seeing it with a full like horror crowd, right? I think we were seeing it with a mix of people that are interested in film and people that are like interested Nash- in... Like Nashville's uh, hipster best was, was out. Yeah, I was trying to... Well, there were some people... Yeah, the guys next, next sitting right next to me had driven all the way from uh, Mississippi. That's awesome. 35mm print of Suspiria, bro. You gotta come out. I will say that the guy... We went to the concession stand and there was this guy who had a name tag on that said Yaz, Y-A-S. <laughs> and I was like... Is that is it Yas or Yas? And he was like, "That's actually not my name." And he was dressed like a British like pop star. He looked like right? Noel Fielding from fucking the Mighty Boosh. Is that right? The Noel from Mighty Boosh. It was he looked like the cat from the Mighty Boosh with the fucking like the British like prince haircut. Well, why did he have a name tag that's not his name? Because it, because uh, it, oh, even though you're not wearing the uniform, you have to wear a name tag. 
as part of their their uniform there, and he didn't have a name tag for himself because he was kind of helping out that night. Anyways, I will say that he that that, that really weird British looking dude with the fake name tag they had a conversation. like totally gave me one of the best beer recommendations I've had in a long time. I don't remember. It's like some beer from Boston, but it's fucking delicious. Really? I don't know what it was. But yeah, super badass. Oh, and I said, hey, we just drove all the way in from Memphis, and he upgraded my popcorn from a medium to a large for free. I'm just saying, I'm probably going to get this dude fired. Yes, <laughs> with the British haircut. Totally gave me an upgrade. And a good recommendation. That's all right. It wasn't his name. Uh, it wasn't his name tag. So we're good, right? They're yeah. gonna be like, "Oh, it's that British pop refill star." My diet coke for a dollar. Oh yeah, but yeah, here's the deal. They'll, they'll give me an upgrade, but like <laughs> coke refills are a dollar. After Maybe. paying five dollars, look, it. you can't have the world, Jared. All right. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Hey, hey, look, it's a nonprofit film organization. That is somebody's true. profiting somewhere. <laughs> I, man, sure. yeah, well, you got to pay for those renovations, dude. And I'm sure Yaz was you making know? eight bucks an hour. So and this this was a pr- pretty big uh, deal. Like uh, this this screening, if you can find the 35 millimeter uh, print of Suspiria, go see it. There are not a lot of a lot of showings here in the U.S. I think there's like less than 20. It's kind of risky you know? to like you know take an old film like that and tour it around the country and allow people to put their hands all over it and run it. You know when it was found. now did they scan yeah. it first? Now, I, see, I saw pictures. It looks like the like the original reel. Oh no, you're talking about um, for, for the, the Blu-ray that's getting ready to come yeah. out. That re- that was a restored reprint. I don't know if it was from this print. I think they have a better quality. Now they may have used some sources from this because this was the uncut version. I was. Doing I some... don't know. It's going to look better. I know the 4K is going to look good. I don't know if this is was Argenta the overseeing the color and. No, I don't think he is. I think the DP though. Uh, is but I'm not 100 sure about that. I think I was reading an article where he was. There is a new uh, 4K restoration that's been going around. I was doing some research and I saw this quote today from this cat named Adrian Mendoza. If you're Bel- Belcourt showing the uh, restoration, they said that while we were there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He said, "I recently saw this film for the first time at the cinema. I watched the new 4K restoration version, and the visuals are stunning. The colors are crisp and beautiful, and the music by Goblin is great. Too bad this movie sucks." Now I will agree. Damn. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Like so, it, the, a, a modern. If you think about a modern viewpoint, on like you just saw it, right? The Titanic of horror uh, films. Yeah. If no. Okay. No. Look, it's it's and different. Then you compare but, it, right? Oh, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Like so, if I, mean, I played this movie for my kids, <coughs> and it was like, "Hey, do you want to see this?" Really, they're gonna just laugh at it. Right. Yeah. But they cannot say that it's not visually striking, and the music is fucking phenomenal. So that guy's comment struck me because it's like look it's a modern viewpoint you it gives it props for the for the visuals and the music because they're both phenomenal but the story's kind of i mean it, i mean it'd be honest it grew on me that i didn't like but it it's, the first it's time a, it's a movie it. though like i mean the right. story can be man and it can still be a great movie right oh i agree yeah, you yeah. know because because of the experience you have by watching exactly. the visuals and you know yeah, yeah completely i didn't like the movie when i first saw it right uh what really yeah it took Rusty, multiple viewings rusty brought it over I guess it was right when it first came out on Blu-ray, or when he first got a or DVD, got yeah, a set DVD. of it. Uh, he brought a bunch of them, a bunch of the Argento movies over. Right. We watched Suspiria, Opera, and Tambourine. Tambourine? Am I saying that right? Yeah, dude, Tenebrae, Tenebrae. You... Tanqueray, yeah. that gin. Your Dang. guess is as good as mine. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really care for it. He was all like, "How can you not? I love this." I was like, oh, I just didn't care for it. I think you just have to love it for what it is and see it from for but it, what it is. It grew on me. Like the next time I watched it, I appreciated more of what appreciated the visuals. I mean, a lot of times, you know, let's face it. A lot of times, you watch a movie and the first thing you catch on to is the story. Yeah, you're just trying to understand what the fuck's going on. And the second time, you can kind of relax and like watch it for what it is. Right. I can see that. I can see that. I don't know. I did not respond to it that way though. I, this is one that like I don't know. It almost made me uh, dislike the uh, all the other Italian horror films. I really saw it kind of after this because Suspiria is kind of it is kind of special. It's it's this weird hybrid of like slasher, supernatural, witch film. Is that what what Italian well, see, horror uh, films feel like? Is this one to me? Like no, they're usually either like slashers yeah, or like zombie. A lot of total times, supernatural. Yeah, stuff. a lot of times they're either very bizarre, supernatural, or. Gates of Hell comes to mind, puking up his guts. And oh yeah, exactly. And the guy did zombie, where the guy's like uh, zombies versus shark. 
<laughs> it's actually yeah even back then they had that going on oh yeah no yeah the there's a zombie in a boat he gets like kicked off the boat he falls down and there's a shark swimming around and the shark's like i'm gonna eat you zombie and the zombie's like no i'm gonna eat you shark and then we've got a zombie shark it's pretty crazy they did shoot it that's badass yeah the and they got a lot of the you know the slashers where you see the knife ding, 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 ding. yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of one or the other and this is this is kind of special not having a historical place where to put it, first time seeing it, it was like, oh yeah, I didn't either. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't. It, to me, it felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be. It didn't want to be a supernatural movie, or it didn't want to be a slasher. Where oh, did I it want to go? Like I, I wanted it to go somewhere that it, yeah, a, never really went. I, totally I wanted more out of the witches. Like I really like if you if you're gonna have witches, I need to see some witchly shit. And we never got in. Like I told you guys as we were walking out of the film, I was like. Man, I totally had the Roman Polanski like trying to look around the door because they're like, you know, they're in there having this like total coven moment and we didn't really get it. You know, I wanted more. But see, it's stuff like that that upon like second and third viewings, I started going, you know, if you put this in its time, right, then stuff like that's kind of creepy. Like you're wanting to see more and it's making you, and instead of the reaction being, I don't care anymore, <laughs> you're still interested enough. To, I want to see around that corner. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're totally in it. Because that fucking amazing music as she's like so slow going down that hallway. But the music is just like taking you there. Oh, you know, it's interesting you bring up like uh, Rosemary's Baby because, you know, Dar- Dario Agenta, it feels like he he takes the exact opposite route <laughs> of Roman Polanski. When you, you know, now that you brought that up and I'm just like thinking about like all the coven scenes and right. how all those scenes are really playing off how normal all the people are right doing this demonic well, shit. See, I think he mixes that behind the corner type shooting with the in your face. Well, yeah, all, of his... all these, like even the, like you, you don't know they're witches right away, but you know, they're all like, you know, uh, there's something wrong with yeah, them. You're evil. Like so, from, from the beginning, like yeah, from the moment they're like, you're going to stay here and then you're not going to stay there anymore. And, there's this thing like about, honestly, I wouldn't have stayed at that place if I showed up and some chick came running out yelling the "Secrets, Iris, <laughs> the storm!" and I'd she runs so off into the yeah. woods, and they're like, "We haven't heard of you. Get out of here!" And be like, "All right, plane back to New York. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> Seen enough horror movies to know where this shit goes. But but I will say that he, that he is leading to something that we're doing more of these these days, where it where when things happen, they're very brutal. And they you stick with it, and uh, like if you look at the new series uh, Ozark, anytime something happens that's crazy, it's fucking brutal, and, it, and we stay on it uh, instead of just cutting away and just multiple cuts around it. Like anytime something major happens in this film, we get to see every second of it, and he keeps it in like a medium wide shot and just lets it roll. And you just get Either the, that or a close up of like yeah. a knife going into a heart. Yeah. Oh, see, that was weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. like you know, we have that, all this crazy shit going on, but then we punch in into you know, you actually see the knife puncture the heart and and the slight little blood drip as that happens you're like oh shit see that just makes it it's it's brutal that will say that so he, he does do those weird those weird uh close-up cut-ins i don't know if they're done completely for makeup reason or if i don't, I don't yeah. they look like look like makeup setups it, do, it does kind of look like that but i i, I almost I mean, kind of like want to say dog, that like he's doing something the framing like, on the dog when the dog hit the neck yeah you can't see what he's pulling up just that it's he's eating and you don't tilt down enough to see like the whole guy's face and the dog ripping the neck off. I guess it could be because of that, but I, I'd like to think that he's doing <laughs> something artistically where he's going from these. Because he does a good job of going to the wide shots and just giving you like right. um, a, a character just completely alone in the frame it with nothing around. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing around. There's no help around him. It, just total isolation right there. And then going in and going closer and closer as the, the scene climaxes. I don't know. And one of the things that's always... Maybe it's a little bit of both. What, to me, what's always impressed me about the way he does you know, does his shooting is he will go in for those close-ups and show you these like brutal attacks. You know, even the, like the girl that gets the her face pushed through the glass and then yeah. her friend and got you know, the glass through her face and... Oh yeah, yeah. Um you see these brutal attacks. So then later when your lead character is going down the hallway and she's opening a secret door, there's more tension there because you've now you've been you've seen like someone fall into razor wire and you've seen all this brutal stuff that's happened, so the the tension scenes are are a little bit higher. Uh, I know exactly what you're saying. And I like how he brings them down like even in the moments like um 
Sarah the friend death, like right before she goes into that razor wire, you think that's like a moment of salvation. And it's the way it builds, like until she gets up to that window. And you're like, okay, she's going to be okay. And then it goes down and you see her fall into the razor wire and then that tension you're talking about it's it's builds all up over again right why do you think that that room is full of razor wire does that happen do they leave people into that other room and make them like build that school of witches jerry what i'm saying is like she takes that she like stacks scooby-doo style all the shit in the room to like get through a window that she ends up falling into a giant fucking slinky that like seriously is one of the only times i was like oh shit it's well, pretty fucking hardcore. They don't want people escaping. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna throw these giant, like you know, this all this razor wire and you this know, it, it was a coven of witches before it got turned into a, a ballet school, and they were gonna put uh, razor wire all over the premise. Dario, Dario, what are we gonna do after she goes through the window? I don't know. Fucking put some razor wire down there. Perfect. You're a fucking genius, Dario. <laughs> I need your best Italian and German accent right uh, now. Oh shit! <laughs> but I will say that uh, that that totally plays into modern uh, horror, like with Saul, like like we just we were talking about earlier, like yeah, uh, like you know, falling into the pit of syringes, falling into a pit of razor wire, basically falling into a pit of anything. Holy fucking shit! You, you instantly well, get mean, this like crawl down your back. Even you know, Saul has the scene where the guy has to crawl through the you know razor wire to live. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a lot more brutally shot, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, modern-day techniques. Uh, I, you know, you're, you're, you're right earlier. When she comes back in zombie form, to me, that that's the part of the movie that still creeps me out a little bit. We kick it into overdrive at that point. Like, it's it's finally, finally, we're getting into some heightened, like, tension. High tension, as it were. Uh, yeah, there's there's exposition scenes earlier in the movie that... Well, I think that's almost what kills the kills that end scene is the exposition. It's like as soon as you hear the woman snoring, you know, like that's the main witch. Yeah, she sounds like the Exorcist. I mean, yeah. you you've been Susan. Well, you, don't, or, you don't know it's witches at that point. Sarah, right. no, I'm talking about at the end oh, when she goes okay, in, and okay, you've yeah, already yeah. been talked. You know, you've You're been right. told that there's this the whoever is that dict director of this place snores, and it's a distinct snore. <laughs> And then you go in and you hear the woman snoring and you're like, this bitch sleeps all the fucking time. (laughs) You know at that point, she's already had the conversation about the snoring. She's already had the conversation about the witch. So you know at that point, like, that's that's the head witch. To stop this, you have to cut off the head of the snake. We've been told all this. We didn't need to get it told to us again. Yeah, they totally went James Bond villain at that point. I am the bad witch That's the that you oh must kill. Dude, yeah, they face. totally doctor knowed that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like the way the a place uh, starts dilapidating at the end. Yeah, I never, I never thought about that comparison ever. But yeah, you're exactly right. Which is what I was saying earlier. It just kind of feels like you're like, all right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> like yeah. here we are. You yeah, know, I am who I am, and here we go. But yeah, so we got to page ninety and went. That's good enough. And this happened. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe Dario Argento is a, a a Doctor No fan, or maybe they ran out of budget and they're like, "That's all we can do, guys." I think it's good enough. We'll at least get a million dollars out of America. Because <laughs> I mean, if you look at the lighting schemes of like Nightmare on Elm Street and some of the action scenes and the Friday movies, they're definitely pulling from Italian horror. Or shit, even how it the TV series is lit in some of those like fantastical scenes. It's all that color. I can pull up a scene from the uh, Seth Green when he fights the uh, the werewolf. It's full of all that blue and like you know red color gel. Yeah, I mean, splashes. There have been a lot of of lighting homages for sure. I mean, Dario Argento, his filmmaking career as a whole, like I mean, where it's gone in terms of slashers and I mean, just outside of that, like just regular murder mysteries. You know, I mean, like anytime you see the killer, I don't, I don't care what you're watching, TV show, film, when they put on the black gloves, they are ripping off a shot from Dario Argento. You know, <laughs> it's just like, I mean, that is, that's Tenebrae, you know? I mean, like, yeah, Mario Bava was doing that before, but Dario Argento, he made that famous. That was, you know, that's like his trademark. I, I mean, he's given a lot to horror cinema. I mean, the like, whole like faceless killer. I love Dario Argento, but like I really love Dario Argento because he was my gateway drug to Mario Brava. You know, because do you think was... Brava's better? Yeah, yeah. You watch Bl- Blood and Black Lace is 
exquisite, man. Like when I I saw that this year for the first time, and did I watch that with you? No, you're you're going to though. The murder mystery elements of it, like I do, I watch those with my wife, and she's intrigued because she wants to know who the killer is, right? And it's always somebody that you you don't expect. Bava is kind of like uh, the the grandfather of this genre. I mean, like he's he's he really started it. Like there's a lot of Italian horror films, but when you're talking about Ajalos and uh, Italian slashers, like I mean, Bava is he's Alfred Hitchcock, and he's got a good sense of lighting. And I, I you know I like Bava's I like Bava's stories better than Argento's for the most part, but you know. I like that Argento adds those supernatural elements into the movies. That's that's kind of different and, and unique. Although some people don't consider Suspiria a Jalo film because it does have supernatural elements in it. But it's got enough slasher elements into it. I don't know. I don't know. It, al- it almost always seemed to me that it was a little bit more style over story. It's like No, that's for sure. The story is very, very, very bare bone. What you basically what you would get in a you know, the back of a pulp book like this is what it's about okay that's what it's about we're not going to go into any more detail than that well jared what were your closing thoughts what do you as think an introduction to italian horror film slash slasher slash what uh yellow what was that word? giallo 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 as giallo film we learn um, different languages yes we learn languages here on the movie group podcast uh anyways i uh it was my first introduction to it i thought it was really cool i, I like uh seeing uh, um <laughs> all the uh, comparisons to modern films and in into modern uh cinematography and it was really neat to see the uh an original print of an old film uh because that's not going to happen much anymore yeah that's for sure unfortunately but anyways yeah so I, I totally recommend this i'm gonna go ahead and say this is about four elkins out of ten what, four Elkins out of ten? Man, the fucking story suck, bro. I mean, I'm just, I'm I mean, just looking okay, at it. Okay, hold on. Okay, wait, wait, stop, I, stop, stop. Six okay, Elkins okay. out of ten. What, what really sucked about the story? I mean, a little how it was told was a little convoluted. I'll give you right. that. But like, what was actually shitty about the story? Okay. I mean, okay, let's break I mean, it down. It's, 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 Girl joins the school. Yeah. She moves in. There's some crazy shit happened before. She's like, oh, what the fuck's going on? They're like, okay, well, let's I see her as a saying, threat. Like, the plot's yeah. fine, but there's not much story there it's just kind of like like not much meat to the story right but yeah one thing that was really cool about the characters have any backstory i'll give you that but yeah yeah, but one of the things like cool things that we haven't talked about about seeing the original print like actually seeing it projected on on film right you really kind of get that sense of like they shot they cut to the you know they they knew where they were going like it wasn't get a bunch of coverage and let's you know make this seamless it was okay we're gonna shoot this now we need to cover we need to go to this or shoot that door (laughs) make sure we have something to cut to and then we're gonna have this shot shot. as a filmmaker it was interesting to watch you you can almost see his storyboards you could see it was crafted the whole film was crafted yes i will say that which is impressive. Yet again, we just need to think about the time that it was done, the money they had, and everything that they had uh, going against them. It's it's really good. It's it, even just just think of it as a film from the lighting and music standpoint. So oh my y'all. god, it's totally worth watching. In twenty, thirty years, fifty years, do you think we'll eventually lose that that art of people like? Okay, I'm going to go from this shot to this shot, and this shot to this shot. Because shooting digital, you're not as Oh no! Bound. Man. I hope not, man, because no. that's that's where the craft of filmmaking is. Yeah, but. I don't think so. Like even when you see like continuous takes and well, like, just, like the more and more takes, like younger, they're breaking that up. Inexperienced filmmakers I'm running into aren't planning their shots as much, and it's a lot more just wow. shoot the stuff that happens and cover it. And when you're shooting on film, you you don't have that choice. You have shoot this, rehearsal, rehearsal, this, rehearsal. Let's shoot this. it. Yeah. Hey, with films like Baby Driver out there with so many meticulous shots, I think that we're okay. I think we're going to be all right for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I understand what he's saying, though. Like, you, I said 50 years. Yeah. In you, 50 years. Yeah. But, you know, you watch a movie like even Chinatown, like how that's, that film is told visually from shot to shot, you're, you get more information in your frames, you know, with less cutting mm-hmm. in, that, in that film than you do in cinema today. Right. Well, people think you need to cut a lot nowadays. I think yeah. we need to lay back a little bit, and everything's close up. We kind of let let it breathe a little bit. Yeah. You know, the MTV generation's kind of waning a little bit. 
Let's let's let things breathe a little bit and let's see what's going on, dude. I you know what I feel like the M- MTV generation that's like slow to right now. Yeah, <sighs> you you watch modern cinema like how many times they cut when an actor's talking. Like, ugh. I watched it again and like just some of those like scenes with the young people. Like how many times they cut around those kids. Yeah. Especially during the action scenes, it's just like fuck. Let's punch into the face and let's right. cut back you and can, forth, back and forth, back and forth. You can almost, you can almost go bit. on repeat viewings now. You can right. almost go back Not first viewing. Watch movies pre-saw and then watch movies post-saw and like look at how many movies now do the speeded up dolly around somebody and the You're shaking exactly of right. the camera and you know taking that MTV style to that next just agitated level. You can you can almost see a a like a bridge right there at Saw. So what's next? Sure, I don't know if I knew that. We got to come up here, with but... it, Brian. <laughs> okay, we're working on it over here. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, I think we're done here. Uh, all right, guys, you've been listening to the Movie Crew podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail That's themoviecrew. Crew is spelled C R E W E at gmail uh, we do take suggestions. Send us an email. Five star review on Apple would be awesome. It's really help, guys. Like we're not just begging for no reason. We'll <laughs> add you to the Movie Crew Podcast Club if you if you join. You know, if you give us a five star review, you're a part of the club. We love you. What do you What do you get in the club? I mean, I I'm, know, I'm almost kind of interested now. You get to come to the casting couch if you know what I'm saying. Wow, I got dark. <laughs> Which is actually well, no me. one's gonna come now. <laughs> <laughs> this got really creepy. <laughs> I was gonna like offer T-shirts, but we got T-shirts, <laughs> and this is how we make our first art. <laughs> Real be like a found footage horror film about the casting couch. <laughs> We're not really gonna murder you. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, Benson, where can people follow you, sir? At J Edward Benson on the Twitter machine. And Jared, you? You can find me on uh, the Twitter at Jared B. Callen, on Instagram at Check the Gate, and follow my podcast, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, with Josh McClain at Don't Be Afraid of the Dark.net. All right, guys. So, like always, we're going to close out a little bit with the soundtrack. This is, uh, you know what? We're going to do two, two tracks tonight because this soundtrack is pretty amazing. So, turn your speakers up. We're going to play track one. From the Anchor Bay CD um, that came with the uh, 25th anniversary. Uh, We're going to play track one, Suspiria, followed by track two, Suspiria, colon, Witch. This is The Goblins. Best part of the fucking movie is the music, y'all. What? The best part? (laughs) I'm telling you.
Welcome to the drunken part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> after, the, after the trailer, we're quite drunk, really. <laughs> this podcast goes to 11. I, li- I, like, I like when you're drunk, you're immediately British. Oh, dude, fuck you, mate, all right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm just going to put that on the tail end of the episode just for everybody to hear. They're going to get a bunch of Suspiria noise and then this British guy. Maybe my, my my voice is always like this until I get on mic and then I become Jared. So I'm out like this. I'm like, but but if I'm like talking to you, Brian, while while you know Jeremy's away, I'm like, hey, Brian, isn't it a bit crazy how we're talking about all this? I'm loving the wine, by the way. Oh my gosh, we're we're done here. We're just, <laughs> we're just done. We're just done. I'm not talking to British Jared. It's not happening.